This is Johnny Tacos. I've always been a lover of music. The way the drums beat as my heart. The way the guitar sings louder than the vocalist. And the way the song is written. You would think it was how each word just coexisted with the other word. Music has always been a tool for good and evil. Music has always been a way to soothe the heart, to mend the broken, to relax the unnerved, to scream out the angry, and to worship. So please join me as we take a trip and we listen to these wonderful musicians with their art as well as their love songs to God. And I am Johnny Tacos, and this is Origin. Origin.
guys, this is Johnny Tacos here with another exciting and informative origin stories. Today, I have a legend. One of the foundations of today's Christian metal. The lead singer of Bloodgood. You know, he also has a solo album that you need to listen to. And I Want to Know You was one of them. So, I want to get you all to give me a rare applause for Les Carlson. All right. See how, how I can just make the audience stop clapping for, for no yeah, apparent reason. A lot of charisma right there. Yes. Uh, That's powerful, Johnny. Yes. Uh, That's people, powerful. people call me Moses of the radio waves. I don't know. I just raise my hmm. hand and just things just stop. <laughs> Everything's. Everything splits, like everybody leaves, or no, it splits. I'm, I'm not it saying it splits, yes. <laughs> well, how is it over there in California? Isn't that where you're at right now? Yeah, and right now it's been very wet. And uh, so we've been, you see signs all over the highway, pray for rain. And, and now we're like going, okay, uh, we've had a lot. <laughs> well, it just shows how powerful God is. You go, hey, we just need a drizzle. Oh, you need a drizzle. I'm, I'll make it rain for you, sir. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he has made it rain. Yes, he's good. God is good. Amen. All the time. People don't. People yeah. tend to forget that he's good all the time. Even when you're having a crappy mood, uh, yeah, a crappy day. You know, nothing's going right. Uh, your shoestrings keep on coming untied, which is a constant issue I have in my combat boots. Uh, you know, he's still good. He's still with you. So. Yeah, he is. That's for sure. So let's talk about let's talk about you. Let's get into it because you know we're we're going to be friends at the end of the end of the day. You know we're going to be buddies because we're already brothers in Christ. Yeah, and I, Johnny, I'm already sensing that strong vibe. Anyway, so it's you know it's good. I can tell we're going to be good buddies at the end. That that you know what that right there just makes me that much closer to where I want to be in my status of being a the taco man, you know, okay. have the less cool. approval, the seal of approval. From, yeah. So let's, uh, let's dive deep, deep, okay. deep into your history. So, um, how did this music thing come along? Did you, um, did you just started singing as a kid and then people were like, you know what? You should take that on the stage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're if we're going deep, you know, the first song I ever sang was uh, "Unchained Melody," um, and I was just sitting in a big, huge chair in my dad's living room, mom and dad's living room, and I had heard that song, and I just started singing. I must have been maybe at least five, and uh, the chair was big because I was really little, so it's probably just a regular size chair. But I remember singing, "Oh my love." My darling, a hunger for your touch. Anyway, I think I sang it maybe a little higher because I was five. Yeah, that's know. before the uh, testosterone kicked in. Before that's the, uh, probably yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Then, then after that, you know, I, I um, well, this is really dating me, but I, I remember um, I really liked Elvis Presley when I was young too, um, and. Uh, and and I would listen to, to the AM radio when I go to bed at night and just was, uh, I always thought, wow, I really I'd like to be on the radio someday and play music. But when I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, that was it. That was like, you know, it was like just a harpoon right in the heart, like, bam, that's what you want to do. And uh, so from that point on, I just, I got really serious and uh, I'd buy Beatle albums and Rolling Stones and Dave Clark Five and all those English bands. <clears throat> and I would come home after school and put them on the stereo down in the basement and just learn to sing with them. And just, <laughs> to, just to let people know, Unchained Melody for the youngsters, the ones who were uh, that, you know, yeah about 20 years or so probably never heard of them it's the righteous brothers and i tell you when when the first time i ever heard that was on the movie ghost 
and I just yeah. fell in love with the uh, the way the song was. It, it just moved you, and I I couldn't sing the way you couldn't. You could, you know. Mine was a little lower because at birth, my mom could tell you I was a giant at birth. So, but uh, Whoa. <laughs> she goes, so Johnny, you want to go deep? So I got to tell you that my version of Unchained Melody was not Righteous Brothers. It was the original, which was basically in the uh the like the 50s early 50s but it was even written before that so uh it is a phenomenal song but that song has been around way before the righteous brothers wow and see yeah. see the taco man doesn't know everything but every time he learns something you know like they said a wise man loves direction i love learning new stuff i didn't know that it, it back then it, it was still there and yeah. you know was it it was um I, who, who wrote that song do you know I'm sorry, I don't know that. Now I have to Google it later on today. Uh, for for everybody that listens, if you want to know who actually wrote it, you'll look on my Facebook and I'll have it up on there. Yeah, let's look it up. And, and another interesting thing is, is that my wife, Joyce, when she was a little girl on the East Coast, I think that was one of her first songs that she sang as a child. And then we end up, you know, getting married. Wow. Wow. Crazy. You know, you talk about uh, God had made her for you and you for her. Yeah. And that, that right there is just it's just proof that God doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, that's right. He certainly put us together. That's for sure. So um, with Elvis, you know, did you what did you follow uh -huh. the way he he sang or his stage performance or? Well, I, I liked his music. Um, you know, uh, he was known for these gyrations and stuff, which I really, I didn't, you know, at my age, I was like, whatever. I just liked his voice. Uh, but he was cool. And uh, they wouldn't, um, on the, he was on the Ed Sullivan show. And I remember it was a big deal that they would, would not show him from below the waist. It was like from the waist up. And so the cameras would not film him below the waist because he was, you know, he'd move. Yeah. Like in like in Forrest Gump, you know. Which which would be mild in today's standards. Oh yeah. Yeah, of definitely. Course. And we could go on and on about today's what's going on today, but you know what? This is not about to, that today. This is about you, Les. And uh, you know, being a lover of music and back in the day when the uh the the hair bands came through you know mm -hmm. it just uh the the performance the way the the octaves the how high you can go um you know it was it was just amazing the energy that comes up uh but like other hair bands you had a uh, your band had its share of of uh bad reps right yeah from the secular world and from the church because yeah. the church, because the church where back then was mostly hymns and light contemporary uh, stuff like that, which is awesome. You know, I love going to church and hear some old fashioned hymns, but you know, it, it, it shows the tools that God can give you to go out there and reach out to the lost. And do you agree with me? Absolutely. And the thing is that uh, the Lord is not bound by anything. And he wants to reach everyone. I mean, you know, if you're looking for the lost, I mean, oh my gosh, I don't want to get emotional, but Jesus is so amazing, the Holy Spirit of God, and the way that he would, I mean, he would rummage through trash on his hands and knees to find us. I mean, he would go anywhere to reach us. He loves us that much. And so there was this whole generation of people that were really loving this heavy metal stuff and you know um the lord i felt this he just had this movement that took place and uh there was striper and blood good and baron cross and white cross and jerusalem and leviticus and oh my gosh on and on and on groups uh guardian i mean they just kind of all sprung up from all over and around the world in different places kind of all at once, like a wave. And we were, you know, we were big hair bands 
tight pants and, and singing about Jesus because we needed to reach the lost in that genre. And it was God's idea. Yeah, and and that was a, a big deal. Was the uh, the big hair bands, the 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 glam rock, some people call it. You know, it was a big deal out there. And the way to get your audience to hear the word is actually kind of uh, camouflage yourself within there. Because uh, I know you played with a lot of secular bands through your life and all that uh, through uh, Bloodgood. Uh, was there any any type of concert that you actually felt the Holy Spirit just just talk to you and told you, you know what, this is what I wanted you to do. This is who I made you to be. Was there a, a certain time, even before Blood Good, uh, was there a certain uh, concert that just it just exploded in your mind and saying, you know what? This is my gift from God. You know, I, the thing is, is that when I got saved, I had no interest in being a rock singer anymore or a rock star or anything. I mean, I was I was in the, you know, I had been in show business, had albums released as a, you know, when I was in the world. And uh, when I met Jesus, I was I just. I had no desire really to do it anymore because he was so much bigger in my life. And, and, uh, so everything changed. I, I, uh, you know, I was roofing houses. I was up at six in the morning to go, go to work. And my wife had the lunch pail ready with my little sandwich and stuff. And I was the happiest guy in the world just to do that. Because once I met the Lord, my life changed radically and I didn't care about my desires of being a rock star, but it, there were people around me, pastors around me, people that of faith that said, you know, God gave you a gift. And so if you can figure out a way to use it for him, then maybe that would be, you know, what you should do because you, you, you can sing. So you should sing for Jesus. And I thought, okay, well, that's a good idea. In that case, then I would be into it. And, um, you know, through a course of events, uh, Michael and I met, Michael Bloodgood and I met, and uh, we got together and prayed. I'm giving a short version of it, but we got together and prayed. And um, turned out, Bloodgood happened, you know. So at first, Michael wanted to do covers of uh, secular metal bands and change the words. But <clears throat> I had been in this original mindset, writing songs and and I suggested that we do all all the songs about Jesus and just make them original, but make them rock. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, so that's what happened. You you've heard the the albums, so. And you know it. The originality is it, it wasn't from you um, just writing down words on a page. It was actually sitting down praying and, and asking God to, to write the perfect words. And you were just like the amplifier to what God was trying mm -hmm. to do. And to me, you know, I had to put my hat off. If I had my hat on, I would take it off to you as, as being one of the pioneers of today's um, metal um you know our christian metal uh genre which is taken so much from um what what you had set the stage for and just upgraded it and you know it is it's such an honor to actually talk to someone who was there at the uh, at the growth of it all um with with going with so much flack with the church and also with with um, the world, how did you prevail? How did you keep going? What uh, what motivated you? Was it um, just that you had to spread the word of God, or are you yeah. hunger? Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I didn't actually finish answering that last question uh, because I do want to tell you where where it really dawned on me with power. It really was the Holy Spirit in in me and in the guys. It was um, it was our uh, second concert with Striper, and we opened for Striper at the Paramount in Seattle. And I mean, there was fifteen hundred people there. I mean, it was jam packed. It was exciting, but 
the the just the Holy Spirit in us was, you know, we we have talent, but when you've got the the Holy Spirit in you and and you feel his presence and you know that you're in the right place, it's like this amazing storm that takes place. And we exploded, you know, out there. And after that, that's it didn't matter if there was 10 people or 200 or 2000 or 20,000, that explosion of the Holy Spirit in us when we hit the stage and have the honor to sing and praise him publicly was the greatest high that anybody can imagine. I mean, to proclaim who he is and, and to have people receive it and to, you know, hear the music and see the theatrics. So yeah, that, that first striper show there in Seattle was, was amazing. And that's when it really dawned on me, just the overall power of God in us. And this is the message and we're going to do this. So moving on to the other question about how we were received in the world and, and in this, in the churches. Well, the churches, first of all, didn't really, they didn't know what to do with this. As a matter of fact, they were very leery and uh, I'm not talking Timothy. They were very uh, skeptical uh-huh. and they were like, well, these guys are just doing it for the money or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I laugh when they say we're doing it for the money. Um, but they just thought we had the wrong motives and um, <clears throat> and they were wrong. You know, they were wrong. We were called to do this and we had the power of God in us doing it. So if they didn't see it, maybe it wasn't meant for them anyway. It really was for the lost. Uh, there were some that did see it, though. There was a lot of br- brothers and sisters back at the time that, that did not agree with the majority of the uh, believers. And it was like um, my wife had this vision that we were like, we were on the edge, you know, uh, of the light, that we were on the very edge of the light. And we were we were reaching into the darkness and grabbing people out of the darkness into the light and there were people in the light holding our our legs and ankles as we we would reach in to the darkness and pull them out so that was sort of a vision and and i you know it truly seemed that way in the spiritual realm there's when you know that you're doing the right thing there is a sense of calm and knowledge that you don't just get in a confusing normal day. It's you know that the Holy Spirit is looking and wanting with everything in him to gather in what he bought and paid for. Every one of us belong in his inventory. Everybody, even the non-believers, you all belong to God. And Jesus bought and paid for all of you. And that's the deal. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. And, you know, to me, it just reminds me when when the church was against, um, you know, Christian uh, hair bands and, and, you know, Striper and you guys, White Cross. um, It just reminds me of another person that the that the church was against you back in the day. And that was Jesus Christ. You had the Pharisees going crazy over what Jesus was doing. Because oh, yeah. it wasn't at their laws. It wasn't what they wanted to do because um, they said, no, it's got to be this way. And Jesus started overturning deaths. So you were um, you were metaphorically overturning desks, overturning tables, you know, yeah. just going in through and just wreaking a good havoc. Uh, you know, what is a good havoc? Oh, yeah. Well, go back in the 80s. And, and listen to the music. That was a good havoc. And yeah. uh, going through all that, um, you know, there, there had been some hardships, some, some stuff that just made you that much closer to God. You know, there, has, has there ever been any speed bumps along the way? Because I know every great... Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a great musician or a beginner, there's always some speed bumps. Uh, what speed bumps have you had along the way to, uh, to go out there? Well, there was that, uh, persecution from the church, um, the rejection of the world, obviously the world didn't want, you know, they didn't want a Christian message on their secular radio stations and they still don't. I mean, that's changed really a lot. 
But back then, um, the speed bumps that we would hit would just be the, you know, we were like, um, we were out there in a, we had a big truck and a RV and a van. And we had our families with us, our wives, and there was a few children on the way out there. Uh, we really went out as a group of people just to serve God, uh, you know, uh, in, in a missionary sort of posture. And um, we didn't have a big secular label. We didn't have uh, backing financially. We had prayer backing from a lot of the believers back home and stuff that from our churches who knew us personally and knew that we were doing this for real. Um, there were, um, there were people that would pick at us. Uh, there were um, threats uh, that Satanists and, and whatnot would, uh, you know, threaten to kill us. And yeah, there was all that sort of stuff, but we always felt really like we were in the right place that we were safe and, and God was going to open doors for us. Um, and I remember many, many nights out there, just we'd be in the middle of doing the Messiah or something, and all of us would just be crying, you know, the tears would be coming down. It'd just be like, because mm -hmm. you knew that you were right in the center of his will at that time, regardless that the local, you know, TV station had just come in and talked to you like you were freaks, and uh, which we were, we're Jesus freaks. Yep. Uh, and uh, freaky for Jesus. And I mean, just weird in the sense that the world looks at you and goes, what happened to you, man? I mean, I knew you before and you're not at all the same guy. Well, we just don't, you know, we, we change. When you know God, when you have a personal relationship, it changes you. And I mean, you, you're still living the world and you, you know, you're, you're not flawless and you still are a sinner in ways that, you know, God works, you know, through things with you and all that. We still have the flesh to contend with. We have all that. But in the midst of it, we also have this amazing architect who knows what to do with each individual person. And he loves us individually in, a, in an intense way. And he handles us appropriately according to what we need. He knows when to water. He knows when to let it dry. He knows when to, you know, he just knows what to do with each of us as individuals. Mm-hmm. And so out there on the road, that's what he was doing with us. And, uh, you know, we, we did good in the sense that, you know, we didn't stuff ourselves with food because we didn't have much. And uh, we would just try to rest between gigs as much as possible. But we we didn't have drivers. We had to change. You know, we had to take turns driving. And it was very, very difficult. I would say we were the Pauls of uh, Christian Rock in the beginning. Yeah, it, you know, and be, having that gypsy life is hard, let alone, you know, for the family and, the ch you know, with the children included. It was yeah. really hard living that lifestyle. And uh, how, how did you manage that? How did you and your wife manage that? Well, you just did. Um, we always, I think all of us managed it in the sense that uh, we knew why we were there. And it was, you know, it was just to share the gospel, share our faith. And so we, you know, you make, you make sacrifices, but we also were aware of, of, you know, the marriages that were out there. Cause we all, we had our wives out there. Of course, Mark wasn't married at the time, but, um, you know, so we were all aware of that. I'm sure we made uh, concessions like, uh, you know, just to give us some time alone whenever we could. And uh, sort of rotated that around. Yeah. Like, whatever. So uh, g having this band be so close, like brothers, you know, you you live together, you you played together, you worked together, you, you did everything like a unit. Mm -hmm. uh, and you did it for several years doing that. Um, what was the the best part of that whole um, being in that band together? What, what, what do you think is the best part of that? Well, the common experience, you know, you don't have to explain to somebody who's with you in the midst of a fight or a battle. I mean, you know, they were there. So you have that and you, no matter what transpires after that, that foundational uh, relationship that was honed together will always remain. 
Um, and, you know, if other people got into the circle and started asking questions, you couldn't exactly tell them. But you know that amongst your brothers and sisters that experienced it with you, that we all have that same sort of bond. And uh, and we truly do have a deep bond because of that experience together, being on the road and preaching the gospel. And I don't mean to open up any wounds or anything because it's still fresh, but having to act, having to put away the blood good ban had to retire, you know, because of the sad death of, of your best friend, Michael, and also uh, the death of Kevin, you know, you had to retire it. And it, to me, that right there is the ultimate way to, to honor the, the members in the band is not just add, add a new member to it and just keep going because there's so many bands that have tried and it just didn't have that, that magic, but going through that, uh, how, how did you feel that it was, it was over, it was over the, it was retired. Sad. And, uh, you know, uh, so anyway, Michael and I were together at the beginning, and Michael and I were together at the end. So Michael and I really became blood good. I mean, there was other players that came in, and and uh, but Michael and I, being the the, the two guys from the beginning, um, we had just had a bond. Uh, a brother relationship, a friendship um, that it's hard to describe. I mean, you know, I don't even think our wives understood the kind of relationship that Michael and I had. I mean, uh, just, you know, we, we were in the trenches together and, and uh, we would pray together about the direction for the band and we'd write music together and, and we'd be on that stage together and we would do press together and we would do interviews together. And, uh, it's just, we had a trust, uh, between us. Um, he could say something and I'd have something to fire back. You know, we, we could make, make people laugh and we could engage in, uh, in spiritual things and with, with other people. And we just had a great working relationship, a great partnership and um, so without Michael, uh, Bloodgood was okay with me that there's there's no more Bloodgood without Michael. And Michael had said there's no more Bloodgood without Les, too. So when Michael passed, uh, that was never a contractual thing. It was just something that we had said, you know. And so that's kind of the way it is. Um, now, you look at other bands that, that are out there that have changed members and even lead singers or whatever, and they still got that name and they still, they still book by that name because in a, a world that books concerts, they, they want the name. They want to say, you know, such and such a band or such. Um, and so it was a pretty big sacrifice to not do blood good anymore. If you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, completely. I understand. So in my position, uh, and I'm okay with it because it was really my idea. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I'm the one that first brought it up to Michael and then he, he said what he said too, but, um, you know, legally I could, I could book the band as blood good. I mean, I could go out and say, yeah, I'm, I'm blood good. And, but I don't want to, I, I don't want to, I just want to leave it like it is. Um, uh, out of respect for my my sweet friend who's with Jesus now. And then I'm just going to count on the Lord to rebuild my brand. If he wants to do something with me, uh, then I'll start from scratch and we'll go with it. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So for those of you that are listening, understand that for me to go back and get on in a situation where I'm performing and playing and, and showing up live and everything, I need prayer and I need support and all that. But I'm okay with rebuilding the brand because the metal missionaries, blood good is, is legendary and it'll stand on its own. And it'll continue to draw, um, new, new people that have never heard it before. The gospel is always, uh, current 
even though we started recording back in the 80s. Um, so if you've never heard Blood Good before, go and get into the catalog and, and you know, learn from that ministry and, and glean from that. But understand that I'm still called to do what I do. And um, I'm going to keep doing it. I hope you do get my album. You listen to it. And I think that you'll see that the same themes happening. We're still praising Jesus and it's all about him, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's better to, you have that legacy. It's better to keep it at a good point in life, you know? Uh, So uh, like you said, so others can enjoy it for time to come. Um, You know, I'm so, you know, that is such an honor kind of thing to have that just just lay down and relax and just enjoy but you have your new solo uh cd yeah and it's killer too it's it's killer it's it's still in the veins of blood good and and you know i'm excited about what god's got you in this new season and you know we just heard the first song Uh and um you know we're going to end up in end today's show with the song river oh awesome so i'm because when i'm thinking about the river i'm thinking about cleansing my soul cleansing my life giving giving it to jesus and when i did that that feeling because nobody understands that feeling when you get baptized in the river and you come up a new person that old person just stayed in the water while you risen up and, yes. Uh, when I was when you were baptized, I know you'd felt that that ex- explosion of emotion, and and you just couldn't contain yourself. And I tell you one thing, I, I had to hug somebody when I got up. So I hugged. I had two pastors um, baptizing me. I hugged them both because I'm a big guy. I was able to wrap around everybody. And I, I just that that feeling, and that's why I wanted to play the river because that's what it yeah. that's what it reminds me. Well, Johnny, I love what you're you're saying about baptism. Uh, Joyce and I got, we actually got, uh, gave our heart to the Lord at the same time. Ooh. And when we did get baptized, we got baptized together in the water at the same time. And when we came up out of the water, we remarried in the water. We got remarried, did our vows again. So we got baptized and remarried because Jesus had made such a major difference in our marriage and in us as individuals. So, yeah, being baptized in, in his name is amazing. And uh, I wanted to just let everybody know that my wife and I got rebaptized and remarried after meeting Jesus. And and it's just perfect because you're two new two new souls coming out of that water. You have to yeah. get remarried. I'm sorry, the old people they were already married. <laughs> we gotta yeah. get married right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. So, yeah. you got any touring coming coming up soon? Um, we are going to uh, open for Striper in Seattle at a club in Seattle and another club in Portland in May. May 30th at the El Corazon in Seattle and uh, May 31st at the Bossa Nova Ballroom in Portland. We are going to do an acoustic set uh, to open because the stage is a little bit smaller in these two venues. Um, And then we are working on uh, some Northwest dates up in August, but then we've got the BMI Center at the Immortal Fest September uh, 1st and 2nd, I believe, in Versailles at the BMI Event Center, which is going to be, that's going to be a big show. I mean, it's going to be great. Yeah, definitely. All those uh, metal bands there from Christian metal bands, so. Man, I wish you would come through Dallas. I know Striper's coming through Dallas because I already got tickets and I got press tickets too because awesome. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Cool. <laughs> so I, yeah. I'm just so like, we're getting close to the end of the show. Uh, I just want to thank you so much for being on this show. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I do feel like we got closer and closer as I got to know more about you that I didn't know about and i'm thinking we are two peas of the pod because you know we are brothers in christ and we just we just have this this love to to minister to people 
mm. through our own gifts. Yeah. And uh, it is such a pleasure. And it's, it's, it's so awesome. You're such a humble guy. You're such a, a ray of sunshine uh, compared to a lot of the other people that, um, you know, back uh the hair bands that I met along the way, uh, but you are just so kind and so humble. And I see God blessing you with this new season coming up. And I see, I see him just, just opening up so many doors because your story is not done yet. You, you know, God's work for you, your work that you have to do for God is not done. You know, you're going to see your brother in heaven. You're going to see your family, your heaven, everybody in heaven, because you are doing God's work. And I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you, Johnny. I really appreciate you as well, brother. So remember, anytime we want to get together and do it uh, in the future again, well, let's, let's do it. All right, man. I got so much I want to talk to you about, especially that nice uh, Beatles haircut you had back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, much love to everybody that's listening. Well, okay. God, God bless you. God bless all of you as well. Bye-bye. Take, take care, brother. All right. That is the show. I want to go out with Les Carlson's song called River, as I've already talked to you earlier about it. So guess what? Here it is. River. On the Johnny Taco Show, show, show. Hope you don't mind if I just sit beside you. I need a friend to confide. There's been some things that have happened And resting near you seems to soothe
All right, that was River by Les Carlson. I just want to give you a nice shout out to all the new listeners who happen to stumble upon this podcast. Taken, it's a recipe show from Food Network. I'm sorry to disappoint, but I do have good news. You get edified. You get the edification from Jesus through the testimonies of my guest and my own constant babbling. I want to also thank all the diehard listeners. You know who you are. I see you. You like all my stuff on social media. But you know what? Share this story. Share this this podcast. Share everything because God needs to be heard. And through all these testimonies, God's just working through everything. So I want to thank you. And also news. You stay through the end. Here's the news. There's a new brand coming to town. Taco Cast. And more of it, more news is about to come up. I'm just going to let you know it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a brand to bring like-minded Christians such as you and I together as we fight the good fight with our armor of God, as we go out there and and bring back that one to the 99. So look forward to it. Can't wait to, to share more about it in the days to come. So you know what? I'm getting out of here. I am Johnny Tacos. This is Origin Stories. And this is me going goodbye. Are you considering going to church for the first time? Have you ever thought about waking up in the morning, getting ready, and going to church just to see what it's all about? Or maybe you're looking for a new church because your old church wasn't quite what you had in mind. Consider coming to visit Covenant Life Church in Waxahachie. Here on the Johnny Tacos Show, this is our home church, and we extend the invitation for you to come worship with us and fellowship with us. If you're interested, visit Covenant Life at 423 North College Street, Waxahachie, Texas. Wednesday service begins at 7 p.m. Sunday service starts at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit www.covenantlife.online and look on the calendar for upcoming events. Your journey can begin right now.